Welcome to this week's Energy Show. One of my favorite Hemingway books is The Sun Also Rises. It's about Spain and bullfighting and a group of lost generation friends in Paris in the 1920s. I mean, these lost generations keep getting lost and keep coming back. But anyway, that was 1920s. Heck, that's almost 100 years ago. But this show's about energy, not books. So with apologies to Ernest Hemingway, here in California, the sun also rises. But it rises at night with battery storage. And I'll explain why. Governor Brown recently signed into law a bill called SB 700. They have these numbers with the bills every year. It gets confusing. But this bill put aside $800 million of incentives for behind-the-meter battery storage. And this these incentives are good for both commercial and residential systems. It's the biggest battery storage incentive program in the U.S. And we talk about behind-the-meter because when you look at, you know, when you figure out where the electricity is going, the electricity is either in front of the meter, which is before the PG&E meter. It's kind of, it's on the, the utility side. It's between the meter and the generating system. So that's all the utility stuff. Behind the meter is what customers can do, commercial and residential customers, can put in solar and storage behind the meter. That's behind their meter, but it's on the customer side, the customer side of the meter. That's where it's the most valuable. Okay, so $800 million. I think it's like $166 million a year. And this incentive is an extension of something called the Self-Generation Incentive Program, or the SGIP program. Now, we've been using this SGIP program for our battery customers for over a year, and now we have the confidence that there's also going to be funding for another five years. Now, the money's going to kind of slowly downsize in terms of the amount per system, but the cost of the battery storage systems are also going to come down gradually. Now, I have to really explain to everyone on the radio that these bills don't just happen automatically. They were driven, the the motivating factor behind it was the California Solar and Storage Association and other groups. But CalSA was really pushing this for three years. It took three years of hard work to get this bill through the state legislature. I testified in 2016 and 2017 in support of the previous bills. Finally, the bill got through in 2018. So here's a quote from Bernard Bernadette Del Chiaro, who's the executive director of the California Solar and Storage Association, or CALSA. What Bernadette said is what we're trying to do is create a mainstream market for energy storage, just like we've done for solar photovoltaic systems. Now, why did it take so long? Well, it's very simple. Our opponents were the utilities who don't want customers storing their own energy, just like they don't want their customers generating their own solar power. Now, the utilities also need batteries. They also need solar, too. But the utilities want to install their own grid-sized batteries on their side of the meter, not behind the meter, but in front of the meter. And the reason is that they then get to profit from that storage. And when it's installed behind the meter, basically, they lose revenue. Now, when I look at it from an overall perspective, we need the utilities. They've provided a terrific service to the country, to the world, for over 100 years. I believe that the economics of these incentives, economics of storage, economics of solar, should support both behind the meter and in front of the meter. So utilities should get incentives for these storage systems, just as homeowners and businesses should get incentives for their behind-the-meter storage systems. And by the way, what we've been installing at Cinnamon Energy Systems have been behind-the-meter batteries, and they've been working great. It's clear to me, which is interesting, it's clear to me that the biggest customer advantage for these systems 
right now for homeowners is backup power. All right. Power outages are all too common in California and all over the country. And now, what's made these outages even more significant is we're moving to an all-electric economy. Our phones are, require power. Our cars, electric cars, heating systems, hot water tanks, entertainment, refrigeration, everything uses electricity right now. Gone are the days, I mean, just... 20 years ago, when we had a fireplace and a gas hot water heater with a pilot light and a stove with a pilot light, and our phones were wireline phones and our cars were all gas, those, those days are gone. So when the power goes out now, even for an hour, life gets uncomfortable, tougher. I mean, it's not like the end of the world or anything. The worst that's going to happen is you might get a little cold and some of the stuff in your freezer is going to melt. But it's not the end of the world, but it's very inconvenient. And if these outages go on for more than a few hours or a half a day, then it gets bad. So People really want batteries to power their critical items. Now, there's a clear economic advantage to these battery storage systems behind the meter, and that's that there are these things called time-of-use rates in many, many states, including California. And these time-of-use rates are shifting to the evenings when the electricity is most expensive in the evenings. That's when the sun's not shining. So businesses and homes with solar and batteries, they can store their solar energy that they generate during the day, and they put it in their own battery, and then they use that power for the battery at night. That's why the sun also rises at night. Now, there's also economic benefits, and these are going to continue to get bigger as the rates get higher and higher in the late afternoons and evenings when you don't have a lot of solar. Now, commercial customers also benefit from these time of use rates, but the big advantage for commercial customers, and this is a staggering advantage sometimes, is they have these things called demand charges. Although commercial customers pay a little bit less per kilowatt hour for regular energy. You, know, you look at the bill, it says how many kilowatt hours you use. They pay a lot for power demand, and the power demand's measured in kilowatts. So when, when a company, let's say they have some big machines and they turn those machines on every morning at 9 o'clock, when those machines go on, there's a peak demand and they get charged a lot of money. In many cases, the half of the bill or more comes from these high demand charges. And it's a cool thing about a battery is if you put a big battery system in for a commercial customer, just before these machines turn on, there's sensors that are going to say, okay, we're going to get to a peak. Instead of drawing that extra power from the utility, which would be reflected on our demand charges for the month, let's pull that extra power out of the battery. And it works really, really well. So you've got three advantages. You've got resiliency and backup power. You've got the ability to use daytime power at night, energy arbitrage, time shifting your use, and you can reduce your demand charges. Now, why is California authorizing all this extra funding? You know, yeah, people say what starts in California spreads, but the, the simple reason is that the continued growth in rooftop solar and our continued need for solar and wind, because we're trying to eliminate the greenhouse gas emissions, means that there's kind of too much energy, too much solar power in the middle of the day. The sun's shining a lot. So, And there's also, obviously, not a lot, if none, solar power in the evening. We would kind of depend only in the evening on wind and hydro. So by storing this solar energy during the day, and it's getting really cheap to generate the solar energy, we can get to 100% renewable power by 2045. And that's another bill that Governor Brown signed. It's really a to try and get to 100% renewable power by 2045. But you know, believe it or not, you look at the pace at which solar costs have come down, wind costs have come down, the battery storage costs are going to come down very, very quickly also. 
And I can clearly see a path towards us in California getting to 100% renewable power by 2045. It takes the technology. It takes lower costs on the technology. It takes deployment. And it also takes will on the part of our political leaders to do it. And we're doing it. So that's really, really cool. Now, why incentives? Well, these incentives that are originally were in place for solar have historically been very, very successful in California. Now, I'm talking about them being successful in terms of lowering the cost of installations. Heck, when I started doing installations back in 2001, it would cost for a typical 6,000-watt system, that at the time that was kind of a normal-sized system, $10 a watt, $60,000. There were big incentives then, and that kind of brought the price down for people. But since then, that cost has come down to $3.5 a watt. So that 6,000-watt system now costs only $20,000, plus you've got, there's, although there's no incentives on solar, you have the tax credits on solar. And by the way, the tax credits also apply to battery stores. So California is saying, hey, these incentives work really well for solar. Let's put the incentives in place for battery storage, and I'm confident that that's going to work. So just kind of going back, originally the California Energy Commission had a solar incentive program from 2000 to 2006. It was complicated. It was expensive. It was limited. And then when Governor Schwarzenegger signed into law something called the, the California Solar Initiative, or, or what was called the Million Solar Roofs Program, they set aside $3.3 billion for commercial and residential and utility solar. That program was amazingly successful. That's why California is and has been the leader in solar in, in, the, in the country. Let's talk about the SGIP program. The total program is a set aside right now with this increase to be about $1.2 billion. And that's enough incentives, as the policymakers have figured this out, to add 3,000 megawatts of behind-the-meter batteries by 20. 26. Um, now, just to put that in perspective, th there's only about 176 megawatts right now, so it's a, a little less than 20 times the expansion. Um, now, that, that's terrific, a lot of money, the customers benefit from the incentives, but I'm going to be candid with you. There's a critical weakness with the ESTA program, and I hope this gets fixed, and we're working on it at Calsa to get it fixed. Remember when I said that the biggest opponents to the S-CHIP program were utilities, and we fought for three years against the utilities in Sacramento for a good program like this. Well, guess who administers this battery storage rebate program? I can't hear you. Yes, that's right. It's the utilities. The utilities are managing the program. They make it as difficult as possible to get the rebates. These incentives for storage, just like the incentives for solar, compete against what they like to do. So they use their management of the paperwork process to delay the systems and to add costs. Believe it or not, the paperwork, just for adding a battery to, to, your, to your solar system, the paperwork fills up a two-inch notebook. It takes, still at this fairly early stage, six to 12 months to get through all of this paperwork. We have to deal with multiple utility departments to get this installed, multiple inspections. They're very slow in issuing checks. They continue to delay the things. And, you know, I hate it. And it adds cost to our customers. We persevere. The rebates are still good, but it's just, you know, it's just not the way things should be. You can, you can take that $800 million that was just set aside, and you can double its effectiveness if you made the system really easy. But the good news is the rebate checks for storage customers are going out. 
the systems are working. They're saving customers money by shifting the energy use from solar in the day to battery at night. And they're providing backup power. And for commercial customers, a lot of commercial customers are putting in much bigger systems. They're seeing really big demand charge savings. So they're saving money. Okay, so let's just kind of look at what it costs to put one of these systems in. It's kind of surprising. How much does it cost to, if you want the sun to shine at night from your solar system? Simple answer, really back of the envelope calculation for a reasonably sized standard quality system. Adds about ten dollars to $15,000 before incentives to add a 10 kilowatt hour battery to a new or existing solar system. Now, this big variance uh, depends on the extra wiring, the backup subpanel wiring, and the transfer switch that's required. So let's just kind of say that the average before incentive costs are about $12,000. Now, when we look at that $12,000, you have to remember right now there's a $3,000 incentive for a, a standard 10 kilowatt hour battery system. So that brings it down to about $9,000. And you get a 30% tax credit on it. So although the total cost is about 12,000, the net cost after all the incentives is about $6,500. And kind of look at that and say, hey, you know, a generator is going to cost $10,000. It's not going to work if there's a, a really bad disaster, earthquake, flood, gas lines go down. It's expensive, more expensive, costs about twice twice as much, and it uses fossil fuels. So, and it, and it requires a lot of maintenance. So the batteries are much better in that sense. So, what I would recommend is don't get confused by companies offering really low prices for a battery storage system. You kind of get what you pay for. Sometimes these companies are quoting just the wholesale prices for the battery only. They're not including all the extra components and the installation costs that it takes to make the thing work. You want your system to be installed by a reliable company, and the reliable companies, the ones that have been in business for a long time, are going to make sure they select equipment that's also reliable and not bleeding edge, not you know from some no-name company that might not be around in five years to back it up. Okay, so now what's puzzling to a lot of people in the industry, and a lot of people that kind of read about the cost of lithium-ion batteries, which most of these systems use, is you say, gee, why does it cost $12,000 for a battery system, 10 kilowatt hour battery system? Batteries cost about $200 a kilowatt hour, and the costs are coming down. And that's from the top tier companies. These are the ones I'd recommend using, like companies like LG Chem, Samsung, and Panasonic. You could probably on the internet buy batteries for $200 per kilowatt hour somewhere on the internet. Hey, you know, I don't know what the quantity is going to be. They're probably not going to be from these big companies, but you can get them. You get them from second tier battery manufacturers. But the thing is, in addition to the battery, you're going to need an enclosure, you're going to need wiring, you're going to need control system, you're going to need something called a battery management system that makes sure that the battery charges up and discharges at a proper level so it's going to maximize its life. And the system's going to communicate, so you're going to need communication software. And most importantly, any system that's installed and you get a permit for, which is really important, is going to need a UL listing for safety. So, yeah, kind of say, all right, the battery is just $200 a kilowatt hour. You got all these other costs that you have to include. Yeah, you got to include the, uh, a company that's going to be behind it and supporting it. Um, so, when I kind of look at it, um, the battery. And the battery management system alone, just the battery itself from you know these big companies, cost about $6,000 with shipping. That includes the enclosure, the controllers, the software, the battery management system. So the battery, 
just the battery itself, the thing that you hang on the wall. We're doing that for our customers all the time. Cost about half the cost of the complete installed system. And gee, that sounds like still, you know, where's all the extra cost? Why does it cost another $6,000 to put the thing in? Well, yeah, it's funny. I just did a really quick back-of-the-envelope comparison to the cost of an electric vehicle, a very popular electric vehicle. I looked at the 2019 Chevy Bolt. My guess is if I run the numbers for Tesla, it's going to be similar. But I was able to get some really good recent information for the 2019 Chevy Bolt. That car has a 60 kilowatt hour battery. So it's six times bigger than, than what we're hanging on the wall with our LG systems. The MSRP, the manufacturer's suggested retail price for the Chevy Bolt is $36,000. And I said, okay, $36,000. Then I did a search for the cost of the Chevy Bolt battery. And GM is actually has a list price of the battery on their website. So I guess sometimes people want to say, hey, I want to get an extra battery from my Bolt, whatever. List price of the battery, $15,734.29. Almost exactly half the cost of the car, just like a battery storage system. I mean, I would just kind of say for cars and for your home and for your business, the cost of the battery and the battery management system, all the enclosures, it's going to be about half the cost of the complete system. So, you know, it's important to set realistic expectations about what's out there. What can I buy? You're a you're a commercial customer. You want to get a system. You're a homeowner. You, you see all these ads from Tesla or other companies saying, hey, get a battery for your solar. We've got them. Let's be realistic about it. The reality is, and you know, I just came back recently from the Solar Power International show, which was, you know, it's, it's actually about half and half solar and storage right now. Just talking to all of the, the long-term contacts I have, talking to all the major manufacturers. I mean, here's the reality. Tesla has the power wall. It's a really cool piece of equipment. It hangs on the wall. They've been selling it for a few years. They're back-ordered about a year. You may find some installers, Tesla may say they're going to get it to you a little bit faster, but the experience has been that that battery takes about a year to get installed on your house. If you sign a contract, it's going to take a year. Now, the system that we've been using is from a huge company, LG Chem, one of the top two or three biggest in the world. There was such demand for their battery that it's now back-ordered to January. We still have a few. They're probably going to be gone by the end of the year. We have a lot more coming in in January. But the LG battery is not that available either. The Enphase AC battery, which is really a, a nice piece of equipment, that was one of the first ones I installed, is available. But unfortunately, currently, the Enphase AC battery doesn't provide backup power, but it will in the future. SMA, one of my favorite inverter companies, Companies is coming out with a battery storage system, but they've been really fine-tuning their backup power capabilities. So it's not quite out yet, but I expect that to be out sometime, you know, sometime before the end of the year. Now, there's a lot of other companies selling batteries and battery storage systems and battery storage systems integrated with solar at the solar power show that I saw, but we haven't tested them yet. And to my knowledge, they're really not shipping in volume. So here's my advice because it's very confusing about these battery systems. These systems have to work with your existing solar system. They have to have communication capabilities, and you want to make sure they're reliable. So my advice is to work with a solar installer who is experienced with lithium-ion batteries. Some installers may still have a few batteries in stock, but it's unlikely. Most are going to have to wait until early in 2019 to really start getting those shipments. 
And there's a lot of cool products coming out. So, you know, I'd, I'd say, although there's a few like LG and SolarEdge that are working and, and Tesla that are working right now, there'll be more choices next year. But, you know, I, I still like those other vendors. All right. And the other thing is select a reliable and proven system. Make sure, this is really important, make sure that the incentives like the ESTRA program are available for the exact products you're getting. Sometimes companies come out with new systems, inverters and batteries, and they sell it and they, they'll have you a listing, which is great. You can get the building permit, you can get it inspected, and then the utility is going to say, hey, that's not on our list yet. We haven't tested it. They haven't provided all the information they need, and there's delays. Also, make sure all the components work together and make sure there's good software. All right, so based on our research and the, the, the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of long-term solar contractors and battery storage contractors, you know, the ones that are out there that are working in high volume, that are pretty good, SolarEdge and LG Chem, Tesla, Enphase, Sonnen has a good product. A bunch of other companies are coming out with things like Pika, Huawei, LG is coming out with their own system. So there's more that are coming out. But the first ones that I mentioned, you know, those are the ones that have been through the rebate process. They've been through the inspection process. I expect that SMA is going to have a great product when it comes out sometime later this year. Keep in mind that the solar combined with battery storage systems are complicated. There's there's software that has to work together, and, and some companies have done a great job at that. The great news is these systems work. We watch the cycling of our customers every day. Every morning they charge up. Every afternoon and evening, every evening they completely discharge. And then there's still extra backup power if there's a shortage at night, if there's a blackout at night. And most importantly, we can see from the trends that these systems are saving money for customers. All right. So that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast.